Welcome back to the Fit Dad Club podcast. My name is Travis Jones. I'm here with Jason Barrett. Jace, how are you doing today, buddy? Mate, I'm doing well. I would uh, normally complain about the fact that we're having a 40 degree heat wave here in WA. It's uh, It's been 39 degrees, four days in a row, and I'm uh, sincerely concerned about my lawn. Uh, that, that is what I would normally complain about. But, uh, you know, in, in your presence, I feel like I haven't got that much to whinge about. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's actually been like... 20 degrees the last three days here, but I've been laying on my bed indoors, like crouched up in the fetal position this week. Um, so it's like Tasmania's um, heat wave and I've missed it. I just have to wait till next year now. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's um, for anyone who, exactly. Whoever anyone missed it, Jay soloed the podcast last week because I was in hospital, had my appendix out. That ended up being a bit of a longer um then needed hospital visits you know shout out to all the nurses they were fantastic but i think the systems are just a little bit broken at times um that's okay mm. it, it happens they saved me everything was good i ended up uh, coaching a couple of sessions last wednesday night had severe cramps ended up fainting mid-session um on the ground Jesus. and um you know, the guys are like, I was like, I don't think I can keep coaching you guys. I need to go. Um, <laughs> and, and, and then they're like, okay. Um, so I like, I started driving home. They're like, you cannot drive home. I was like, no, no, I'll be right. I, I feel like nauseous before I faint. So if I feel nauseous, I'll just pull to the side of the road. Um, so I drove halfway home and I pulled to the side of the road and they picked me up and I live remote. So, um, you know, we call the ambulance and the ambulance is like, no, nah, it's two hours for an ambulance to come. Um, or you can drive to the hospital. So Liv ended up like, you know, pretending she was a Formula One driver uh, from the Huon Valley up to the Hobart uh, Hospital. So I was in Hobart Hospital until Saturday afternoon until they did surgery, fasting pretty much every day. Got my appendix out, then had a couple of, um, you know, blockages in my digestive system since then um, from all the endone that they were giving me to try not to... Um, you know, uh, been too much pain. I was considered a healthy, unhealthy person because my heart rate's good, my blood pressure's good. Just my appendix did not want to be inside my body anymore. Um, so that was, yes, it wants out. We didn't need it. It doesn't want to be a part of me. But I lost a couple hundred grams um, of, of, of unneeded weight, I guess. I, I should run faster when I come back into it now. <laughs> more aerodynamic. Um, more, exactly, more streamlined. So that is my, my week. But today, guys, for everyone listening, I hope you all had a great week. Um, I am back. I'm, I'm like, you know, 75, 80%. Um, on my not sweating sitting here right talking right now, which has been a, a good thing, a positive for the week. I'll get back into training over the next couple of weeks and uh, I'm back on the podcast. And today we're talking about how to stop eating like an asshole. Um, mm. And we'll define what eating like an asshole is and also how to start eating like an adult. And we'll define what eating like an adult is as well. Um, so we can have those two frameworks and then help you make the shift from eating like an asshole to eating like an adult. And this isn't a derogatory um, terminology to, to call you an asshole or anything like that. But I really think we have to look at it. If you've been eating for the last decade and your health has continued to decline, and let's be honest, right? If you put on 20, 30 kilos, your health has declined. It's not This is not self-love hmm. bullshit and like love yourself 30 kilos heavier. It's like, no, it's like you ate like an asshole for a period of time because you either weren't focusing on eating foods that were going to give you more energy and be the best version of you and you ate out of convenience and out of emotion and based off of what do I want right now 
not what is the best thing, thing for me long-term. I think that that's a big mm. thing. It's like you just ate out of convenience and you ate out of hunger and you ate out of satisfaction. I think that's, that's the mm. biggest thing. And there was no delayed yeah. gratification. There was no, uh, oh, like, you know, let's have takeout one night a week, like kind of when you grew up or when I grew up, it's like there was a, there was a thing we had takeout once a week and it was like a thing we look forward to. And I'd walk to the drawer um, in, when you had all the menus in, in, the top, in the top drawer and you're like, oh, what should we get? And you're looking through the menu and then you'd have to call up and you'd have to drive and get it. Now what we have is we have this like instant gratification where we're like open up Uber Eats and they're constantly just buying takeout all the time, overeating, mm. over drinking. And we're just you know, falling prey to constant instant gratification to go, you know, if I want it, I deserve it and I have it. Not, okay, no, I eat healthy and I have it once a week and I have it in moderation. I think that's a big thing, Jace. What do you think? Um, I completely agree. And um, I the the idea of eating like an adult versus uh, eating like an asshole is something that I took from a guy called Nick Peterson, does some great stuff in the um, like the personal growth uh, business space as well. But um, one of his definitions that I really liked that I wanted to kind of utilize in this as well is an asshole isn't, you know, it's again, as Trev said, it's not a, we're not name calling here, but an asshole is someone who acts in opposition to what they say they want. As a, as a general rule. So uh, like, I can't fault someone if they're just like, you know what? I don't care. I'm happy the way that I'm eating and I'm the, you know, I don't need to change. It's like, cool. Uh, you know, do I think it's the best thing? No. Like if you're genuinely like, I don't think that many people are actually genuinely happy being overweight. That's thing. Number one, that's usually lying to yourself and coping. But if you say you want to lose weight and you say you want to get fit and you say you want to have more energy, but then you act in antithesis to that and you act in a way that doesn't support that, that is eating like an asshole right? Saying that you want to be fit and then eating KFC and eating a meat pie and get, drinking a full sugar Coke, that's eating like an asshole, right? Eating like an adult and acting like an adult is focusing on and understanding, well, what are my goals? What am I trying to achieve? And eating and moving and uh, acting in accordance with that. So it's like when you say you want one thing and then you do another, this is the thing, oh, I really, oh it's really important to me to lose weight. And then you go out and eat some dumb shit. That's eating like an asshole because you told me you want one thing and now you're doing another. So uh, a big one for me is, um, and I guess a big overarching theme here is congruence and being in alignment and being in integrity. Because um, I think I did a post earlier on the, uh, the Instagram that talks a little bit about this. It's like your kids, the people around you, everyone will just see, they don't see what your thought process is and your little internal hurdles and, and gymnastics that you're doing to justify your shit. They just see what you do. They just see your actions and they see your actions and they hear your words and those things are either in alignment or they're not. And you've just got to sort of check yourself and go, all right, am I acting and, and eating and moving in alignment with the stuff that's coming out my mouth? Otherwise, you're just paying lip service to a goal that isn't actually that important to you, but you just feel kind of, you know, obliged to say, oh, yeah, I guess I should lose weight because you feel overweight um, or you're not healthy and you can't run around, but you don't want to actually put in the effort to make it happen because you think it's going to be too hard or whatever. So just don't pay lip service to it at all. And then you won't be incongruent, at least be congruent. Like, oh, I'm happy being a fat fuck. All right, cool. You're probably not listening to this podcast if you're happy in that exactly. position. Um, but 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 that's, that's kind of the definition for me around being like acting and, and eating out of congruence with your goals. And this happens i would say more so around this time of year around december if you listen mm. to this later in the year we're recording this in, in just just going into the christmas season um holidays that kind of stuff i've got a guy who's about to go to hong kong he's like don't worry jace i'm not going to eat like an asshole but those are the the times when people justify 
And then they say, oh, it's okay because it's Christmas. It's okay because it's Easter. It's okay because I'm on holiday to eat however I want. Well, it's like, well, that's still out of congruence with your goal, out of congruence with the thing that you say you want to achieve, which is you know the fat loss or the body transformation that you're looking for. So that's for me, the definition of like being an asshole, acting and eating like an asshole and eating like an adult. Mate, I completely agree. I think when we say eating like an asshole, we probably everyone listening out there has also heard of an ask hole as well, where they keep asking for advice, but they never follow through with it. So it's like, hey, mate, can you help me with my nutritional? Hey, mate, can you help me with my program? And then they, you give them time and then they don't actually follow through anything you're trying to help with them through. That's an ask hole. So you can either eat like an asshole where you're out of congruent or you could be eat like an ask hole, which is you're asking for advice and then just do whatever you want anyway. Um, but I think the big thing is it's like, you know, we say it all the time. Like we are teleological beings, you know, you're happy people and have goals that have meaningful goals. So, all of us, it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum of your weight or your fitness, we should have, you know, fitness-based goals, relationship-based goals, and work or vocation-based goals. You know, if we have those goals, we're moving towards something and we're trying to create a behavioral and characteristic alignment towards achieving those goals at the end of the day. Um, that means you're happier, you feel like you're progressing in life, you know, your progression is such a key thing for us as human beings. Um, you know, we're either getting healthier in some way, our relationship is getting better with our children or our partner in some way, and we're progressing with our work in some way, or they're all going backwards, right? Either way, right? But we're either moving forwards or backwards, there's no stagnation in life in these three big key areas. So. Now we know we can either eat like an asshole or eat like an adult. We have to go, sometimes you don't even mean to eat like an asshole. Okay. I think this is the biggest thing as, as Jace was getting to, and especially at this time of year. And, you know, we're going to talk about some key areas to uh, get your mindset right and how to transition and also be emotionally and consciously aware of your eating patterns and how to make sure you don't fall prey to eating like an asshole over the coming weeks in the silly season. And I think the biggest thing to start with is it's understanding the root of cravings, right? You know, you might have like these goals of losing weight and all that sort of stuff, um, but you keep falling prey to these cravings and these can stem from emotional triggers. They can be boredom. They can be nutritional deficiencies, um, but we need to understand what they are so we can overcome them, right? And I think that is a big thing. So, you know, boredom, we all know that when I look at it, most of the guys that I coach, Monday to Friday lunchtime, they're tracking on the, the nutrition app that we have because all of a sudden they don't have time to be bored. They're in work mode. They're busy. They're constantly moving. They don't have as much mm. time to think about food. The fridge isn't next to their desk most of the time. So they walk past the, the fridge less and like they have to be more prepared. Whereas like when we're looking at boredom from like Friday night to like Sunday night, if they're sitting around the house more, they're bored. They aren't doing as many things. So all of a sudden to try and fill the void that is boredom, we can eat because it's something to do. Um, so I think it's understanding, is there a boredom thing or it's, is there a stress thing that's triggered there as well? So I eat to feel better because um, that's what I do and that's what I've always done. Um, we have to understand like what is the root of our cravings so then we can actually get to the root cause. And I think that's the biggest thing. If we don't get to the root cause, we can never overcome it. Otherwise, we're just slapping a Band-Aid on top and we know that it's always going to be there and it will always crop up in the, the, I guess, the more stressed times in our lives. 
I think another one that, that plays into this, especially for, for parents, and it's a point we're going to make later, but I think ties in well, is sleep. And we've talked about the impact on sleep uh, of sleep on cravings and hunger hormones and the fact that if you don't get a good night's sleep and your sleep isn't good enough, then um, ghrelin tends to be secreted more. So you get hungrier and you get more cravings. Even though you're not that hungry, your hunger hormones just kind of out of whack if you're not getting a proper night's sleep. So having a you know having a nutritional plan is kind of something that we'll talk about a little bit as well on the more practical side. But part of your cravings may come from if you have shit night's sleep and those shit night's sleeps are going to come from things like having too much alcohol. If you have too much to drink and this is a, a typical time for Aussies to start getting on the beers and doing that kind of stuff having barbecues but you even one drink that's not fully processed and out of your system before bed is going to impact your sleep because your body's got to work at metabolizing that alcohol and it's got to focus on that before it does any of its normal shit that it does and actually getting rest which is why most people after a big night out they'll be you know dehydrated and they'll be like they'll wake up feeling like shit mostly because your body didn't get to do what it needed to do so you're almost operating on like zero sleep you've had the the you've closed your eyes for eight hours is all you've done while your body metabolizes all of the shit that you drank so um um, making sure that you're not getting too shit-faced and, and drinking too frequently during this time so that you're getting proper quality sleep so that you're not waking up with cravings and with hangovers and with all this other stuff that then contributes to um, choosing shitty foods. So um, my favorite way, and we've talked about this in the Habits podcast we did a while back as well, my favorite way in the only way really to change these little stress responses is to change them for something else. So knowing what stresses you out when you tend to get stressed, what you tend to get stressed about, and then pivoting your response from going and grabbing food to then doing something different. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's going outside, standing in the sun or standing in the rain. Fuck, that'd be a pretty good pattern interrupt. If you're in uh, Melbourne or, or Hobart, you probably get a little bit of that. Um, but going outside, doing something different and having an immediate response that is different to going and grabbing your, um, hey, Imogen, um, <laughs> she's been skipping naps lately, which has been uh, uh, a lot of fun. fun. So she's she's definitely uh, getting some hunger cravings and, you know, all of the, don't be like Imogen, don't skip your naps. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's that, having that, that habit trade is vital. So don't just say, mm. oh, I'm going to stop stress eating. It's like, you've got to start, stress walking right fucking yes. have two in one you trade your food for your walking you get infinite better benefits i think when we look at that and going into the habit loop so like this can it's one mm. it's, you have to be emotionally aware with this so i think that's a big thing you have to go okay what is the trigger so there's always a, a trigger or a cue Okay, so there is a, you know, whether it's stress because at three o'clock, that's when um, you check your emails, right? And maybe like that's when you, you get bombarded with stuff that really stresses you out, or you have an end of day report with your manager or something similar. And like there is a trigger, there is a specific thing that triggers you that going, this emotionally decreases my frequency. Okay, so there's high frequency people, mm. low frequency people. We normally make poor decisions when we're in a low frequency state or we have low quality emotions, stress, frustration, anger, um, all those types of emotions. And so when we look at that, we have a trigger that sets off, okay, this emotional response. And then what we want to try and do, a lot of us, we try and numb the emotions or we want to reverse the emotions and we want to feel good. So at the moment, I feel frustrated. I don't want to feel anything, so I drink alcohol. Or I want to feel better, so I eat food. Okay, so it's either one, we, we, we sort of tend to say there's a cue or a trigger, then there's a routine. And the routine is followed by a reward. And the reward is I don't feel anything anymore, because I'm shit faced, or I feel better, because I've just eaten food that has made me feel good. So 
that's how what we look at. So we either we want to sort of numb our emotions or we want to feel better. So what routine can we put in there that I can deal with these emotions better? One would you need to become more emotionally aware and actually understand, you know, how to deal with stress better. So you could focus on some breathing techniques and that could be a big thing you look at. But a trigger could be you get those emails. Um, you know, the routine is you go for a 10 minute walk, focusing on just some breath work. And that means it's going to be able to change your state. Cause what we're trying to do is try and change out of being in a low frequency back to being somewhat moderate or high frequency individual. So if we change our state with movement or some breath work, um, or we go get a massage or we do something like that, then we've changed our states. Then the reward is, well, I feel better anyway. Okay. So again, you have to be emotionally aware to identify the trigger then you have to go, okay, what is my current routine? I need to replace that current routine so I can still get the similar reward that I'm looking for. And I think that is, if you understand that habit loop, we are, and also we can either remove the trigger altogether. Maybe you just never check your emails again. Okay, maybe just do that. Um, but um, <laughs> it's actually a decent thing. Once you have that negative association to one thing, it might be like, Hey, um, you know, maybe you you're, you send your emails to a different platform and they come through via yeah. Slack or a different messaging service. So it's like, all right, right I'm checking something different and it's in a different format. Um, or you, you, I don't know, get a, a filter installed so it gets rid of all the words that you don't like to see in your emails, like, you know, <laughs> uh, negative review, uh, you know, <laughs> shit performance. Any of those just get filtered out. Who cares? Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, but I think if you, if you have to still check emails or you have to still do things that trigger you, um, you have to one go, why am I triggered? So sometimes you can unpack it. And this is not an unpacking emotional trigger podcast, but you can, you can unpack it if you want. And then you probably won't be triggered again from it, but it's either trigger, there's like a cue routine, and then there's the, the reward at the end. We have to sort of look at that hmm. and you can only overcome that if you're emotionally aware. You have to be aware of our emotions. You know, you know, as men, you know, we don't want to not have emotions. We don't want to walk around, you know, stoicism is good to a degree, but we also need to understand why we feel emotions so we can then use them correctly as well. So I think that is the big mm -hmm. thing, becoming emotionally aware. You have to allow for self-reflection with emotional awareness. If you had a trigger and at the end of the day, it's like, and you had a goal and you had behavior characteristics, you had these behavior traits you were trying to follow, like tracking your food and eating correctly for your meal plan. And you deviated from the plan. If you reflect at the end of the day and go, well, I deviated here. Why? Oh, I was stressed. Why was I stressed? And you have to sort of peel back the onion a few times so you can get to that root cause and go, how can I deal with this differently next time. I think that's one that's being emotionally aware. It's understanding the triggers because that is what that's what's going to lead to cravings or not the correct plan for your food or alcohol consumption based on what your goals are. I think that's a big thing. Um, and we need to find what's an alternative way I can deal with this stress or emotion that isn't turning towards food or alcohol to then to make that either blunt emotions or change my emotional state. I think that's the first mm. thing. I think the second thing is, you know, you can also be, have these cravings, from just having a really crap diet, right? Like I think you're not eating a balanced diet at the end of the day. So you're, you're, you're might be following like an, if it fits your macros meal plan and probably maybe you're not, if you're listening to this podcast, but you could be where you're just trying to hit your calories and you're having really 
nutrient deficient foods. Um, you know, Weight Watchers sometimes is like this, or is it's just about calorie control. We're not focusing on having enough protein or having enough fiber inside of our diet. But what we have to look at is we actually have to hit um, our micronutrients as well as our macronutrients. And that's going to help contribute to us not having as many cravings. I think that is also a big thing. So making sure we're having enough protein in the morning, making sure we're having enough protein inside our lunch and our dinners, making sure we're having enough fiber, um, making sure we're having enough fats in our diet. We're not starting our day with some cereal and some milk and a, and a big coffee with two sugars and just hoping for the best and thinking that's not going to set us up for failure for the rest of our day. So a nutrient-rich diet is a big thing that's going to help solve the problem of your cravings as well. Hmm. Your taste buds do, to a degree, adapt to the stuff that you give them. Um, and also your mind does as well. So it's just knowing that if you are c consistently consuming overly sweet uh, things or foods that are just like super, super, super fucking palatable, right? You get used to that level and then you have something that would normally taste pretty good and then you're like, oh, this is kind of, this tastes bland because your your uh, palate is so used to hyper palatable, you know, overly processed food. So the less of those things that you include, the more you start to appreciate the flavors in things that are a little bit milder, that are a little bit less intense. Um, and as a result of that, you end up craving those other things less because you're, you're like, you're, you've almost like reset your scale based on like, what is like a 10 out of 10 in terms of flavor at the moment, it's, you know, a fucking choc cookie dough, ice cream, fucking cookie with all these sprinkles and bullshit on it. Um, but eventually it might scale down to, you know, just some plain chocolate. Then it might scale down to dark chocolate and you know, all those things. I'm not saying you've got to give these things up, but by reducing these crazy, highly palatable foods, you will tend to crave less of them because they're just not as present. They're not on like the tip of your tongue as far as taste goes. If you can't even remember what they taste like, you're not going to be craving them. So um, you know, I feel like uh, eating and indulging in those things tends to um, increase your cravings for them as well. Like I don't crave KFC anymore because I haven't had it for a long time, but when I used to have it relatively, you know, here and there, I'd be like, oh, it's been a couple of weeks for I could go for, for, um, for my uh, one of my old coworkers used to call it the dirty bird um, until you eat so much of it that you just like feel like a you just feel like a fat fuck and you're just like oh god what have I done to myself I'm I'm, I'm disappointed my mum I'm I'm a I'm ashamed to my family um, like that's that's the level you got to go to to then just like get off it forever um, just the grease dripping down your shirt it's just, you haven't got a refresher towel you just you're screwed um, honestly but, man but with that's KFC my, I've yeah just to interject I've with KFC. I've never been a KFC fan. When I was about 12 or 13, there was a big bucket of KFC that we bought. Um, and I opened it up and there was maggots all through the KFC box that we bought. And I, I This is Trav trying to do some fucking therapy yeah. with us. <laughs> I, I literally had bitten into this, um, like, you know, whatever, the 20 piece nugget box. I'd bitten into one of the chickens and there was maggots walk crawling through the flesh of the chicken. And from that moment on, I have never been able to eat KFC again because all I do is associate KFC with maggot-filled chicken, right? And like every time you you like that means you don't want to eat it ever again in your life. Jace is about to vomit right now. <laughs> uh, I haven't had it for like years, but there's now I feel like there's zero temptation to go back. I'll get my fried chicken elsewhere. Thank you. Exactly, mate, 100%. And because I had such a negative association with it, I've never wanted to have it because I'm like, you can't come back from that. Um, yeah. So, 
but I, I think we have to, we can, we can have negative associations with lots of things, right? And I think mm -hmm. if I, I'm happy that I have that negative association with KFC. That's perfectly fine. That's that's a, a reasonable. Um, it's the same thing as like tequila. Most people just drink too much tequila at some point, and then it's like I can never drink tequila again. Just go through the alcohol. If you if you have trouble with alcohol, just go through one by one and drink them until you're just like, oh, I cannot fucking look at that again. Uh, I had that for red wine for about two years. When I first drank it, I went um, on a wine tour. I had too much red wine, and then the next morning I was like. It was like the worst hangover I'd ever had. I had the, the hangover was the same day because it was a daytime wine tour. And then I was like, um, I, I didn't drink red wine for about two years after that. It took a long time to get over. Um, now I drink it uh, responsibly as, a, as an adult does. Exactly. But I think like with this, a nutrient-rich diet is important. Uh, I think mm. we did touch on this. It's making sure we are having enough protein. And like every time you have chicken, it doesn't have to be coated and fried. I think that's, it's really have to have that understanding like a, a chicken breast seasoned and grilled um, or slow cooked or like it, like it can taste just as good. Um, trust me. And mm -hmm. you just have to learn how to cook. And I think a nutrient rich diet and maybe for Christmas this year, ask your partner to buy you some cooking lessons um, like that, that will help the whole family out uh, because yeah, you can start to cook better things will start to taste more and just like for for me if i if i don't eat ice cream and i don't really ever eat ice cream anymore at all um if i don't eat it i don't really crave it like we after a couple mm. of weeks and same with all of my clients i'll cut out foods that they one hyper palatable as jay said before means like we can eat a lot and a lot of them um and when we cut them out for a period of about two to three weeks we start to stop craving them and, you know, it, environmental, there's environmental cravings, whereas like we get in an environment, like say you drive past the KFC or you walk past the subway and the smell of the, the subway, like brings back memories of, of the subway cookies. Like that did it for me for a while. And then I had some and I was like, yeah, these aren't as good as I used to remember. Um, yep. But if I cut it out for a while, I stop craving it. And same with a lot of our clients. So you just have to sort of break the back of your cravings sometimes and just, you know, mm. make sure we're eating great food. And then if I start eating ice cream again, I think I have a bit of a sensitive stomach to um, dairy. So like for the first couple of days, my guts will be a bit off. Okay. If I eat ice cream, then after about mm. seven days or 10 days of eating ice cream, I don't have, um, there's nothing wrong with my stomach anymore. I think I'm that inflamed that it just stays inflamed. I have no problem with ice cream. But I think a lot of us are eating foods that disagree with us, but we just don't know they disagree with us anymore because we've been eating them for so long that our body is just in this constant state of inflammation. Um, so mm. start to cut out a lot of the, the, the crappier foods if you can. Start to eat more of a nutrient-rich diet with, you know, you know pro like things that you'd buy from the farmer's market. I think that's what we, where I'm getting at is like, that's mm. what means it would be more nutrient rich, like whole meats, uh, vegetables, potatoes, sweet potatoes, like things you would cook yourself that aren't as processed and go towards that. Our fiber will be higher. We'll crave less. Okay. We'll fill ourselves up more. And with that, you won't have as much room for cravings either. Hmm. 100%. So uh, a lot of it is about lowering your sort of your blood sugar and insulin spiking, um, not because there's anything mm. wrong with that, but it does tend to lead to cravings. If When your blood sugar drops uh, in a dramatic way, and that usually comes after a dramatic spike, that's 
what sends the signal to your body to go, hey, we need more. Because like you need glucose in your blood. Like it needs to go to your muscles to run them. It needs to go to your brain to run it. So it's like with your blood sugar drops severely, that's where it's like, fuck, you need to like, we need to get some food in you. That's why the, the hunger signals get sent out as well. So by having more of a slow ramp and a slow decline, it gives you number one, a more gradual feeling of hunger rather than sharp pangs that, uh, as another trigger for a lot of people to then go snack and eat really like uh, like a lot of shit food they don't need because they're like, oh, fuck, hungry, need to eat right now. Um, by eating more fiber, by eating more protein, by eating more, um, having more healthy fats included in your meals as well, that will slow digestion down. Like the the difference I feel when I have oats or something something else in the morning versus when I have like eggs, when I have eggs, just the extra fat that's in them number one you know a bit of protein but the fats i am full for like uh like my wife Way always reminds me it's like if you're gonna go train don't yeah don't eat eggs because you're gonna feel mm. like shit when you're in the gym if you don't train unless you train at like 2 p.m like it's gonna take that long for it to get through you um so uh consider where you're getting your healthy fats from right obviously we don't want to just go shit ton of fat all the time but fats will help you slow down digestion right they will help you uh, elongate the blood sugar response. And that means you stay fuller for longer. It makes sure that when you do feel hungry, it's a more gradual hunger as opposed to a big sharp spike. So fiber, protein, and fats are your um, your sort of keys for when you are you know, in the silly season, especially, but just in general, um, making sure you have enough fats in there. And this is again, why a croissant in the morning or like a you know the pain out chocolate yeah. right the fucking chocolate a croissant with orange juice is probably shit. the worst thing right croissant with orange juice yeah, yeah exactly really <laughs> there's gonna be a big spike it's uh it's not ideal at all um pancakes waffles all the shit that you know of it's like substituting that for something else is going to give you a better uh better blood sugar and and blood glucose like curve Response. and that's Exactly. And that's just going to allow you to make better choices because you're not going to be as hungry. Um, so it works on multiple levels as well. Better nutrients, but also um, blunting that hunger response too. And it's the same thing as like fa fasting, right? So if mm. you are pushing back your breakfast to lunchtime, like obviously your blood sugar levels will be more stable as well. Um, and then mm. that first meal, if you, if you feel like you just can't, you have to have cereal, and it has like if this is what you have to do, one, you don't have to, but if this is where your thought pattern is, like just cut breakfast out all together and just break your fast at lunchtime. But that, I think one thing, mm. or the caveat to this is you can't just go have like three skinny cappuccinos with 17 sugars um, in the morning because that means you still are, are going to have this um, blood sugar level spike because the first thing you're ingesting is, you know, milk and sugar, essentially, mm. which is going to spike your, your blood sugar levels and you will lead to higher cravings. So it doesn't matter if your first meal is at noon or 6 a.m. You want to make sure it's a, a heavier protein and fat-based meal um, with fiber for, attached to that. So some steak and eggs be a great first thing in the morning, right? Mm. would be fantastic um and just sprinkle some psyllium husk on top um i'm jokes about that don't sprinkle psyllium husk on your steak um, that would not be tasty extra, at all. extra uh, like sawdust Ugh. yeah exactly um but if we can do that means you're going to crave less later in the day it means your your energy will be more constant so you will have less of these energy crashes where you're like oh i feel like i need to pass out um because what mm. happens if you're having like the cereal uh for breakfast and your and your cappuccino with your sugar and then you have a muffin mid-afternoon and then you have like this sort of um, Japanese rice teriyaki, um, which is just like sugar and more rice on top of that. Um, and then in the afternoon, why am I so tired? It's like you're eating everything to make you tired. 
Um, you'll, you'll try and then you have like a chocolate fix. So that's what I need. I need a chocolate fix to get me going. Um, like you don't, you, you, you need to just eat better. It's you need to eat like it's an the opposite of a fix. It's a, it's yeah, a exactly. break, a chocolate, it's a break, break. yourself. <laughs> exactly. That's why they call so, it a Kit Kat. Oh my God. Kit Kat. Yeah, oh, there you it go. Look at you. Bang. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So I think with that nutrient rich foods, um, more protein, it keeps you more satiated. It's going to help you gain some more lean muscle mass. It's going to give you the gains that you want as well. And good fats helps. If you're having enough good, healthy fats, it's going to help with testosterone, which is what we want. You can be more manly. Um, so <laughs> the next thing guys is mindfulness practices. I think that's a big thing. Um, so being mindful around when you're eating, I, I think this mm. is a big thing. You're not eating because you just sat on the couch and you have to eat or you just walked in the door and you have to eat because that's what you do. Um, or you have to have a beer because you've walked in the door and you, you drink beer when you get home. Um, like you have to be more mindful about when you're eating and why you're eating. You don't eat for the sake of eating or also I'm hungry. Like, are you hungry? Are you actually hungry? You know, did you eat lunch? Yes. Okay. Well, is it three o'clock? Yes. Okay. Well, you're not hungry. You want food. You don't need food. There's a big difference between want mm. and need. Okay. If you're 20, 30 kilos overweight, like and it's three o'clock and you've already had lunch between 12 and one, like you don't need it. You want it. And that was based on if your past decisions, you just can don't snack. Like, I think that's a big thing. Stop snacking. If you want to try to lose weight, mm. I think that helps a lot of people out and it cuts out a lot of calories. So be more mindful about when you're eating and also while you're eating, don't eat in front of the TV. Like there's all the studies about, you know, you're going to eat 20 to 30% more whilst engaging in TV whilst you're eating. Cause you're not actually engaged in the process of, of looking at your food, enjoying your food and you know, chew your food like 20 to 30 times. Don't just swallow it down. You're not a duck. Like you're not a duck mm. and you're not Homer Simpson. Like you, you need to actually chew your food. Um, I think that's another big thing. And also being mindfully, like choose a smaller plate. Like, you know, they've done the mindfulness mm. practice about large plates. I think um, you might know the stat. I think plates over the last 30 years have increased by 15 to 20% in size. Like our din mm. dinner plates. Do you know the exact percentage of Jason, no, no. I would I, I wouldn't have the slightest. No, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no, but but you you can you can Google it. I think they've increased by fifteen to twenty percent the size of our dinner plates in the last thirty years. So, and what what do you do? Like as you grow up, I was always in the last forty years. Go. Our dinner plates have increased by thirty six percent. And what do we do? We always fill our plate. Okay, we always fill our plate. Like, and then also, I was told. You're not allowed to dessert unless you finish your plate or you're not allowed to leave the table unless you finish your dinner. Mm. Okay. We, we do that. So it's like, we have these ingrained behavior traits from childhood um, that stemmed from the great depression or something like that. Like, you know, you have to eat until you're, you're done um, because we can't leave a morsel of food left on our plate. It's like our plates are bigger. We're filling our plates and then we're over consuming. So 30, 40 years ago, if they were 30%, 36% smaller plates and we filled our plates, we would have been eating 36% less calories just mm. because that's what we used to do. But now we're doing it and everything's bigger. The portions are bigger. The portions more calorie dense because there's all the crap that's thrown on it as well. And we still finish our plates and probably go back for seconds. So mm. being mindful, don't need to fill your plate. Eat till 80% full. I think that's also a good mindfulness um, trait. Like you don't have to eat everything on your plate. Just eat till 80% full and then like put it away. 
Like you don't have to finish your plate. It's okay. Um, give it to the dog. Give it to your chickens. Give it to the ducks. I've got peacocks at my house now. Give it to the peacocks. Um, so like, give it to. <laughs> we had two peacocks moving a couple of weeks ago, and they just haven't left. Um, so I was like, get like, a compost. Give bin. it to an animal. Yeah, exactly. Get a compost bin. But if you're mindful about when you're eating, that means we're going to eat less rather than just eating. Um, mindlessly at the end of the day, mm. which means you're just going to keep consuming and keep consuming. And I eat because, you know, that's just what we do. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day. It was talking about how um, for men when, and this is kind of in, in the vein of, uh, of stress response, right? Because uh, you will have a stress, you will stress eat if you're not mindful of how you're feeling and mindful of your food as well. But it often takes for guys, their immediate center of the brain that gets activated is the physical center. That's why when you get stressed or pissed off, you know, you kind of want to like clench your fists and, you know, fucking kick something. And that's why for a lot of, you know, a lot of guys that will, will lash out and, you know, you know, push something, punch a wall, kick, you know, do all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, that physical center is the first thing that kind of gets activated. So, and then after that, it takes about 24 to 48 hours for your brain to kind of get over that. And then also for, for uh, guys to process like, well, how do I actually feel about what happened? And, you know, what was causing the issues for me? What was I actually feeling? It takes a bit of that time. So don't expect yourself to immediately know the reason why you responded in stress to a certain thing, but you've got to give yourself the space to actually analyze and, and, and think about it, right? If you just kind of constantly filling your days and filling your time and always on your phone, scrolling your Instagram and shit, um, doing, you know, drinking, doing whatever, eating food, all of that stuff will kind of numb your brain and distract you from giving yourself the space to go, hang on, why did I respond that way? Why did I respond um, in stress and, you know, go and eat? And why did I lash out and do all these other things and then cause all these other issues? So you've got to give yourself time to really analyze, all right, well, why did I do the things that I did? Why did I get on my phone and order Uber Eats when we really didn't need to and we had the food there at home? Like, why did I do that response? Give yourself the time and the space and actually ask yourself the question with the intention of answering it as well. So it's just an interesting thing that I that I listened to that was like, there is a, a bit of a delay and a gap. So don't expect yourself to know it all instantly, but just give yourself the time and the intention to figure out why am I responding the way I am? And a big thing for me is, um, as Trav said, you know, chewing your food, putting the spoon or the fork down between bites as well, not just having it in. Like if you are still actively chewing and you've got another spoonful ready to go and you either put that spoonful in while you're still actively chewing other food or you have just like, you just fucking like, oh, sub me in coach. I'm ready to go. It's like, like the fucking, um, like the soccer player, like sitting in the reserves, like tag me and tag me and I'm ready to go. Like you don't know, it doesn't need to be that fucking quick. You're not in World War II shoveling down rations before you get back on the front lines. You're sitting there watching another episode of Suits, right? Like it doesn't, it's not that big of a deal. So as Trav was saying, like these are the strategies where you can stop the the automatic eating. And the, the bigger thing for me comes down to either, yeah, reducing your plate or if you are tracking your food, it doesn't matter for me how big or small my plate is because I know I'm portioning it out onto the plate before I sit down and eat it with my partner or with my, with my um, daughter. I know how much I'm eating already and, you know, it's going to, some days it's going to be more, some days it's going to be less. I don't just fill my plate. I know, cool, I'm having this many calories of this meal, putting it on the plate. Cool. Now I don't even need to think about it. I just finish my plate and I've hit my calories for the day. You know, I don't eat more. I don't need to eat less. It's all good. Um, but that, that, it just requires some intention and some focus and actually being willing to, um, and I guess the next point for us is actually planning your food and planning your meals and not just winging it and hoping and fingers crossed, oh yeah, I'll figure it out along the way because you haven't, the way you've been figuring it out along the way so far clearly has not fucking worked. So you've got to put some planning in.
Mate, I completely agree. I think like, you know, planning prevents a piss poor performance. I think that was ingrained into me for the last, you know, 20, 30 years. Um, the five P's or four P's or whatever it was. So I, I think mm. you got to plan your week. You got to plan your meals. And also you, I think you have to have some if, when, then scenarios. Um, and it's like, if, when I'm like, I am actually super hungry and like, I can't wait till dinner. Then I, so if, when it's the afternoon and I just really need something, then I have a protein shake or then I have a protein yogurt. Then I have some beef jerky. Then I have 200 grams of carrots and a protein yogurt. What like you have like an automatic go-to thing that you eat. It's predetermined, right? Remember it's, it's the structural discipline with if, when, then statements. So if when it's after dinner and then I really craving something and I want to have something and, you know, it allows me to relax and you have some high protein yogurt mixed in with a half a scoop of protein power, 50 grams of frozen raspberries. And like, that's your snack, right? If when I do after dinner, then I eat this. So th again, there's no thinking, there's no decision fatigue. There's no reliance on willpower. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, we need to use willpower wisely. So what we do is we use if, when, then scenarios so we don't even have to use willpower because we have predetermined decisions where we know we are, are at our weakest. And I think that's a big thing. It's like predetermined decisions when you know you're at your weakest helps you get through those gaps. Also, like one of my guys, right? He was like, I get home and then when I get to dinner time, like I can't stop myself. And I was like, well, and you can, okay, but let's have, make a strategy. Okay. So, cause what happens, he would get home, you know, he would then, it'll be an hour before dinner. Then he would eat dinner and then he would just keep eating. And this was his problem because he was so hungry. So what we did is when he got home, he would have a protein shake with, you know, 50 grams of frozen berries and a little bit of unsweetened almond milk end up being about 150 calories, 170 calories for him somewhere in there. Um, and he have that. And then because he had that, he got to dinner an hour later and he wasn't hungry really at all because he had some protein, he had some, um, and it was like a bit of a thick shake for him. So he never went back for seconds. His total calorie level went down, okay? And he didn't have to feel like a gluttonous pig from constantly going back for seconds and thirds because he was in this ravenous mood when he did sit down for dinner. So maybe if you need to, it's having that sort of pre-dinner high protein snack that you can have, which sets you mm. up for success. So you don't have to overeat at dinner and everyone's slightly different. Like everyone's meal timings will be different. So there is no um, perfect routine. There is just your perfect routine for you to hit your calories. And I think that is a big thing for us to understand. So prior planning, meal planning, Okay, if when then scenarios, so we use willpower wisely, um, having like pro, like high protein snacks that if you are going to have something that keeps you in line, I think that also helps as well. Um, and I think the next thing is it's like actually making sure you're not just thirsty. Like, mm. <laughs> I think that's a big thing. Hydration is a big thing. We all often confuse like being thirsty for hunger. Mm. 100% and it's the best way for you to tell and like everyone's again everyone's water intake needs are also different um it's there's no one size fits all but the best way to tell is you know is your pee light 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 yellow to clear and if it's not like yeah sometimes don't worry you like if you take a multivitamin you'll have b vitamins and it'll be fucking fluoro yellow sometimes um but then you know once that one's done the rest of the day if it's you know if it's darker 
then you need to be drinking more. And um, it's as easy as having water as your, you know, your your drink with your meals, either before or during. Like if you had, um, if you drank a cup of water before each of your meals, you probably find that your appetite regulation was a lot better because number one, you're filling your stomach with something initially. So it's kind of priming your stomach for like, oh yeah, shit, we're about to get some stuff. But also you're filling it with a little bit of, of something. You're making sure you're not dehydrated because a lot of the, the issue is for a lot of people, um, there's not a lot of water in the food that we eat as well. Um, either they cook their steaks and their chicken breast to shit, so there's no water left in it. Um, you know, we'll have we'll tend to have oven roasted vegetables over raw vegetables a lot of the time. Which you know, again, nothing wrong with that, but a lot of times you you lose a lot of the water um, in your food. A lot of the overly processed stuff that we have doesn't have a lot of water in it, so you can be a bit dehydrated, which is often you know, especially if you have a lot of salty foods and you don't have uh, a high enough water intake. So just be aware, monitor your um your you know your, your pea color. And if it is starting to get on that darker side, it's like, all right, it's not about drinking like two liters once. It doesn't solve your hydration problems. It's just first thing in the morning, uh, the first thing you should be drinking slash eating should be some water, right? That's just mm. without a doubt. That should be the first thing that goes in, in, uh, down, down your throat. Um, a bit of water, hydrate. You've been eight hours without it. Um, get something in you that will hydrate you, that will make you feel a lot better. At least a glass of water will do. One before each meal. If you're having three meals a day, you've already had, cool, 750 mils of water. Not too bad, right? Um, then you have, you know, two to three more glasses throughout the day. Get a big water bottle, right? Fill it up twice. You know exactly how much you've had. This one's a liter, two liters in the day. I usually fill this up about three times. If you're doing any ex uh, exercise, you'll need a little bit more. So um, just be on top of that and then have that. That could be your stress response as well. It's like, cool, rather than going to grab something to eat, I'm just going to grab a glass of water and I'm going to sip on it. If, you've, if you're like, oh, I don't really feel like I need a stomach water, well, then you probably wouldn't fucking need to eat food either. Like right now, I feel quite full because uh, I've, I've mm. been having a fair amount of water and I've had my breakfast not that long ago and it had plenty of fiber and plenty of, uh, plenty of fats and, and berries and protein in it. So it was really good. But um in saying that, right now, I'm like, I could have probably a sip or two of water, but I probably couldn't eat anything. So it's like, if you're in that mm. point where you're sort of boredom snacking or whatever, have some water. And it's like, it, it's like what our, our parents used to say to us, if you don't want to eat an apple, you're not hungry. And it's the same thing for you. It's like, if you don't want to drink some water, you're probably not hungry. Well, the boy's uh, granddad would say, if you're hungry, you're hungry enough, you'd eat a shit sandwich. So um, I'm not saying go eat a shit sandwich. I mean, I, w I would. I'd eat around <laughs> the shit though. Like I would nibble the crusts. Um, but yes, you would eat an apple. Um, but in saying that, like for me, like I have three of these a day, every single day. I really only drink sparkling water. I don't know. Um, these, I'm holding my soda stream bottle at the moment. Uh, but these are Pretty like fish. 850 mils. 100% I am. Um, but yeah. like I know that that's two and a half liters. So two and a half liters every single day I drink. But I think a big thing is, you know, we are electrolyte deficient. Okay. So our water is pretty much stripped from everything. Um, like I'm fortunate that I'm on tank water where I live, but at the same time I'll add electrolytes in it. So I'll put some sea salt into every single one of my water. So I'll get a big pinch of sea salt. I'll drop it inside my water and no, don't put table salt in your water, guys. That's not what I'm saying. Or oh, Travis said to have table salt. Like, no, I didn't say that. You know, you can get some artesian sea salt or get, you know, the flaky salt that you should be having. You put a pinch of that in each of your like 800 mils of water throughout the day. 
One, it will stop you having to pee as much because you're actually holding onto the water. Um, so you're hydrating yourself rather than still drinking and still being dehydrated. But it will increase your electrolytes in your system. If we have more electrolytes, we actually crave less as well. So we crave less because we're hydrated and we're electrolyte full rather than deficient, which is exactly what we want. So, you know, understand, get yourself a water bottle. If you like sparkling water, you know, do the same as me and you know, have your soda stream and do it three times a day. Put a pinch of sea salt in it. You can put some flavoring in it if you want the zero calorie ones um, and that will help. Um, like I do that every other one. I think I have the, the solo, you know, one that I just tip a little bit inside my sparkling water. It gives me a bit of a taste. Um, I mm. think that's a big thing, like actually making sure that we are hydrated correctly, especially coming into summer in the Southern Hemisphere, um, making sure we're doing that. We're not just hydrating ourselves with beer. I, I think that's another mm. big thing as well. Um, the other thing I was going to say was we make sure we're hydrated. We make sure that we have uh, a more of a, like an appreciation around our food as well that we didn't say before. Mm. So it's actually appreciating the food that we're eating It's sitting there. And rather than, again, I, I don't want to go back into too much of the mindfulness, but very few times we sit there and we appreciate what we're eating. Like all the things that had to come together for that food to be on your table at that time. Like if you have some more gratitude and rather than just like mindlessly watching TV as you shovel your face with 17 chicken schnitzels, um, like it's like appreciating the fact that a chicken died. Someone had to do this. Someone had to do that. It all came together. We had to travel for shopping. It's like, I'm so lucky that I can sit here in this day and age and eat this food. And I appreciate it if my wife cooked it or whatever happened, like it's just sitting there with a, a, a sense of gratitude as you're eating will slow down the eating process and it will lead to more enjoyment from that food. Okay. So you'll have more joy around the food when you have that a level of appreciation for the food you're eating as well. I just need to, uh, we, we sort of miss that part. And I think that's actually a big part for us that we don't do in, inside our daily activities anymore. Mm, yeah, hundred percent. And this, it's a big, a big thing for me has been, especially in recent times, not only because of you know cost of living, but um, appreciating every, like every aspect of the meal and use like if I like I remember I did a smoked um, lamb leg, and so I was like I made sure that I used the bone and created made a stock out of the bone uh, and got all the little bits of meat off it, so made like a little bit of like a lamb soup out of it afterwards, and just like really trying to utilize every part of everything that you get, and not um and not just you know like trying to almost like show respect to the food, especially if you're eating you know animal products. It's like cool, this thing died for me to be able to have my extra bit of protein and get my extra bit of muscles, right? Which is you know that's something to be grateful for, and that's something to say, yeah, you know what, um you know. You, if you want to get very spiritual with it, you know, you can thank the animal for its sacrifice. Um, you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to kill it. So it's, uh, you know, thankful to the people who actually did that, do that kind of work. Um, but there's, there's, yeah, there's a level of, of just like gratitude. And there's a reason why, you know, in America, there's a whole, you know, you say grace before you eat and you just, you show a bit of gratitude for the fact that you will in your lifetime probably never know true hunger. Like there might be some people out no. there, you know, who've had some hard times and, and really you know, hit it rough and probably experienced some of that. But for majority of us, probably not going to know true hunger. And unless, you know, you were like me and you refused to eat food, unless it was like, I used to uh, random aside, but my, my diet when I was like 10 or something like that, I don't know why I got off a lot of foods. The only things I would really eat was like peanut butter on toast and wheat bix were like my main 
that was my that was my two that was all i would eat um don't worry if you have a fussy child it, it gets better they they become they then become their own cooks and start making fit dad dinners on on mm. instagram but um like the showing gratitude for your meal and slowing down and being like hey you know what? we will never have to know severe hunger in our lifetime that's a fucking like no. i can order any food whenever i want to tip my fingers yeah, it is. It is absolutely amazing and something to be grateful for as well, regardless of whatever other times there are and whatever other shit's going on. That is like that basic human need is taken care of and it's not something to be taken for granted. I think moving into the last thing we do want to talk about, guys, is just making sure we did touch about earlier. It's make sure your sleep routine is okay. Um, making sure you go to sleep at a certain time, making sure you wake up at a certain time and trying to keep those consistent as possible and also increasing the quality of your sleep. Um, if you are having like that sort of under seven hours of sleep and you're going towards the six and the five hours of sleep, you know, like Jay said, we have a hormone called ghrelin that sort of is your day-to-day hunger hormone. Ghrelin increases, it makes us hungrier. Um, Leptin, which is the the hormone that allows us to have a sense of fullness, also stops us from being as full. So not only when you have a lack of sleep are you more hungry, but you also are uh, your sense of satiety decreases. So we get we we have to eat more to actually get full. So when we're looking at this, we need to make sure that our sleep quality and quantity is on point if not what we're doing is we're, we're fighting an uphill battle to try and maintain our caloric control so making sure that you have that sort of sleep routine at night time um you can go back to the, the other podcast to listen to how to create that you can google it or search it somehow um but you know we have a certain amount of time we go to sleep and we sort of wind back the, the previous hour or two hours before that of what is my routine that allows me to get to sleep at nine o'clock or 9 30 that allows me to have my seven hours of sleep making sure that i am having sleeping in a dark room make sure my it is a cool room as well making sure that i don't have my phone right next to my head and the last thing i look at is my phone scrolling instagram like put it in the ensuite or put it away from your bed you know the, the last thing you shouldn't be doing is looking at blue light stimulation straight in your eyes so you can get sleep deep sleep also you know having some magnesium possibly before you go to bed have a herbal tea that allows you to wind down so you can get that not pressing snooze on your alarm and you get up and when you wake up if you wake up before the sun you know too bad you can get a red light um which is my red light things up here behind me um if not you wake up with the sun you can actually get out in the sun for five minutes in the morning and you know allow that your circadian rhythms to set properly this helps our hormones this helps our hunger this helps our hunger control it helps us eat like an adult like it's it's understanding that our sleep you know we do this for essentially a third of our life so we want to make sure we're doing it correctly hmm hundred percent. Um, I've, we've started a new, uh, little routine where I will take Emmy out for a walk in the morning. Now that it's, now that she's starting to sort of wake up at a very, uh, like a similar sort of time, like between like six, six thirty. um, we get up, I bake myself a little to go coffee, make one for my wife to have in the kitchen. And then we go out then that way my wife can kind of get ready for the day. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been awesome. Like she gets a bit of sunlight. I get a bit of sunlight, you know, you get to just kind of be out in the fresh air. So just getting that, that sort of that in the morning is I can't understate how important getting sunlight in general is because that's the thing that allows for a bigger buildup of melatonin that lets you actually go to sleep Mm -hmm. properly at night. It builds up in your system over the day as you get more and more exposed to sunlight, which is why you go to the beach, you have a day at the beach, you come back, you're like, 
I could pass out on the fucking bed right now, right? Like we've all had those times where the best nap is like you've got like a holiday house or whatever, you're near the beach, you go down, you have a swim, you spend like three hours at the beach, you come back and you're like fall asleep on top of the bedspread underneath the fan because you're just that, like it's like that's one of like the top three like best naps ever, that kind of very, very specific nap. Um, And it's because you've got that, that melatonin built up so you sleep properly. The bigger thing for me is having a gap at the end of your day where for those of you guys that have partners that you actually talk to, um, talking to your partner and, and debriefing, potentially debriefing about the day. Like we've, um, over the last couple of days, Imi has basically told us transitioned into one nap, which means that instead of going to bed at like eight o'clock and then us cleaning up the house and getting everything ready and finishing the routine by nine o'clock and being shattered, she goes to bed at like six, six thirty, and we're done. And we've got, we're done by eight o'clock. We're like, oh, cool. We can spend some time together now and we can kind of, unwind and talk to each other and go through like, yo, how are you feeling today? Oh, you know, you did this or whatever. And you, you have this conversation, being able to get that stuff out as well, being able to talk about your day with your partner, all of that stuff leads to less buildup of emotional charge and stuff that's just like you're holding on to, right? And without all of that emotional buildup with like a, it's like a steam release event, right? You need to release some of that stuff and having that time with your partner to potentially do that will Oh, like across everything else we've spoken about as well. It'll help you sleep better because you're not sort of stewing on stuff. It'll help you with your day-to-day stress because it's not building up inside. You've had an avenue to express and to have a conversation about it. There's nothing that's like left unsaid and you're bottling up. So um, you know, that's that's a big one for me in the nighttime routine. And number one, help you sleep, but also just give you a healthier routine than just watching TV with your partner. Number one, you get better connection as well, but also you're able to express shit that may be bottling up within you that, that may be causing some of the stress eating that's a problem in the first place. 100%, mate. I think like anyone who's listened today, we have to go, well, to start eating like an adult and stop eating like an asshole, we understand the root of the cravings. We need to make sure that we have mindfulness practices that allow us to eat correctly in the moment. We need to balance sort of our macronutrients and making sure we're having nutrient-rich and fiber-rich foods. We need to make sure that we hydrate properly so we can understand the hunger can control with this. We need to be strategic with our food planning. Remember, mm-hmm. we have we use willpower wisely. We make sure that you know we understand that prior preparation prevents this piss poor performance throughout the week so we make sure we do our weekly meal prep we make sure we have if when then scenarios with our snacks we substitute um, low quality foods with high quality nutrient rich foods um, we understand the difference between do I need this or do I want this based on um, stress and the response to stress techniques um, we looked at the habit loop on the cue routine and reward um, we understand our, our sleep hygiene and how that plays in hunger and how to eat like an adult to achieve your goals like there's a lot of things we unpacked here today um, for you to make sure that you're achieving your goals to stay on track to become the best version of you as a fit dad but for me that's that's pretty much everything i wanted to cover today jace have you got anything else you want to cover today mate no, I think that's it. I think if you just, it's similar to, am I eating like a fit dad or a fat dad? It's, it's mm. having that dichotomy in your head. It's like, cool. Um, am I, uh, am I eating like an asshole? Right. And then it's like, you're the only one who can really determine that because you're the one who's aware of your goals. But it's like, you know, even if you have trouble judging, so it's like, would Trav and Jace say, I'm probably eating like an asshole here. And it's like, all right, I'm going to eat like an adult. You know, no, no more chicken nuggies for me. 
<laughs> I love it. Guys, but remember, as always, if you need help with this, um, you know, we you can go to fit-dad.club, um, book in a call where we can talk about where you are and where you want to be and how to make, you know, to be honest, like we've got one month left in the year and it means we can get started. You can lose the first five kilos based on this year or you can set 2024 up to be your best. Yeah, exactly. Fit Dad Semba, but we can also set up 2024 to be your best and healthiest and fittest year ever. So, but the biggest thing is you just got to take action and say, you know what, I'm going to change my life and become the best version of me for my family, for my kids and myself. So go to fit-dad.club. If you want to rate the podcast, rate it. If you want to review it, if you want to comment it, you want to share it, do all of those things as well, guys. But we will be back next week, guys. So you guys have a great week, but that is it from us. So uh, we'll see you next week.